0: Welcome to Ria Radio, special edition of BPCon Shorts. Continued, episode sixty-three, featuring Owen Dashner and lots of random people that we met at BPCon. <laughs> You're listening to Ria Radio, the nationally trusted name in real estate investing. We dig deep to discover investors' why in real estate. If you want to skip all the BS and get in an investors' heads, you're in the right spot. Be one of the thousands to check out RioRadio.com. So, are you guys going to BPCon 2023? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Good. And it's in Orlando, for those that don't know. So, that could be a good combo if you want to include the family in on that, maybe do some. Fun stuff if you want to extend the trip a little bit because, you know, BP Con traditionally is you flying in on Sunday um, and then the conference is Monday, Tuesday. And it's generally pretty packed if you want it to be. Sunday is usually the most laid back day typically. And then if you want to extend that and and have, you know, knock out Disney World or something like that, that might be a good move as well.
0: That's actually a really good idea and a very easy way to convince my wife that I'm going next year. See? So, there Always we go. Thinking. I think it's time that we get into these shorts. So um, if you're loving what you hear, uh, please give us a five-star review and a written review. And we really do appreciate that. It helps grow this podcast more than you can imagine.
1: We're here live and in person with Lindsay Iskerka. Did I say that right? You
2: did. That was really good. That was really good.
1: All right. Lindsay, Pockets. Yes. How many of these conferences have you been to?
2: This is my second one. Nice. All right. So
1: New Orleans, the first. New Orleans is the first one. And you are on the David Green team, is that yeah, right? that's okay. right. Okay. Tell us about that. How did you uh, get involved in real estate in the, in the first place? And what do you do?
2: Yeah, so I'm a real estate agent. So I'm actually the lead agent and David's Green's partner for the Southern California real estate team. So mm-hmm. we cover Ventura County down in San Diego. My journey started in 2015. So I've been in real estate for seven years, investing since 2016. So met David uh, back in 2021 and had our first real estate BPCon. I guess in 2021 as well. So, I've been investing for a little bit longer, but then uh, invest or met David there.
1: Now, how did you guys meet, and what you, what all do you do together as a par, as partnership?
2: Yeah, so we met because my husband actually applied for his loan team. So we were podcast listeners, like everyone else here at the conference, honestly. And we heard a uh, advertisement that Dave was looking for loan officers. My husband's an LO and oh, no former law enforcement. Yeah, so um, just like David, just there you go. So we thought maybe maybe. And we thought, you know, there's no way he's not going to call you. Never going to.
1: Did a- he grow out a mustache on and on his uh, resume and send that in and be like? Is- he's
2: got the full beard now. He's <laughs> nice. all right. Got perfect. the full beard, so not Brandon. Stuff, so he had some street cred he when had he some was applying. Cred, yes. Once he once you're done with law enforcement, you grow the beard. That's kind of how it goes. But he applied for the loan team. Yeah. And so that opened the conversation for David and I to meet. And he had been looking to expand to SoCal apparently for some time. Just didn't really find the right partner. So. We conversed over a couple of months and formed a partnership, and that's where it's been going. So we've been in partnership for about 18 months now, maybe a little bit less. And,
1: and that's on the mortgage side or the brokerage estate, side? Uh,
2: okay. Real estate sales. So investor-friendly agents is, is what we are.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So how do you roll that out? Like, like, Let's say that you are setting out to have a brokerage that caters to real estate investors yes. and allowing them to succeed. What does that look like?
2: So I got started by real estate investing, right? I started by house hacking. Mm-hmm. So I think the differentiator that we have is that I've walked the journey they're trying to walk, right? So I've house hacked. I have long-term rentals. I have short-term rentals. You got I can, yeah, and I can help the client, un, you know, go through what they're trying to accomplish. I mm-hmm. say I've walked the journey they're trying to walk. We resigned my husband from law enforcement thanks to real estate. I, and if that's not your goal, that's okay. But I've walked the journey, and I haven't done anything that is unattainable for anyone else to do, just with the right guidance. So we yeah. know what they're trying to accomplish, which not most real estate agents understand.
1: Yeah. Now, you. Uh, so how did your husband react when David Green rejected his application and then ended up partnering with you?
2: I, it was kind of <laughs> surreal. I actually have a picture of the first time that David ever called my husband. We were like, oh, because we've been listening to Bigger Pocket since 2015, like I said. Oh, yeah. So we had been, we never, if you had told me in January 2021 that I'd be where I am today, I would have been like, you're, you're crazy. I had no idea. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool.
1: Yeah, so tell us about the type of investing you do. What do you uh, What do you do? You live in Southern California, which yes. is nobody can invest there because it's so expensive and like you know it can't be done. Like, what's right. what's your secret sauce?
2: So I got started by house hacking. So we did a VA zero down loan, bought a triplex, lived mm-hmm. in it. That rents awesome. out the duplex. Lived in that for like two and a half years, maybe. And when we moved out of it, it was actually cash flow about seven hundred bucks a month but we didn't have the capital at the time to put in for the big repairs, the new roofs, the new plumbing, all had to go. We were still newer investors. I was trying to get my business up off the ground. So we decided to sell it, 1031 exchange. We bought four properties out of state um, that were turnkey rental properties. And those were okay, they were cash flowing, right? But we, at one repair, wiped out our cash flow.
1: Now, did you do that because you couldn't get a good Cash flow number, living, living, and investing in oh, Southern no, California. No,
2: here, you know, cash flow is king. Yeah. We were still kind of in that mindset. You know, house hacking worked, but I had it. We were two kids by that time, so yeah. having another multifamily just in SoCal didn't really make sense for us and our family at the time. So, wish we house hacked longer than we did, but. You know, and I thought that was the right move to do. I thought, you know, let's scale. Let's get more properties. We'll have better cash flow. We'll have better ROI. And it was not the case. We're doing a second 1031 exchange actually right now, selling half those properties and buying another luxury short-term rental back in California. Oh,
1: wow. How did you even know what house hacking was in 2015? Because that wasn't a term that was coined until like probably 2018, 2019.
2: Maybe right around that time. It may not have been called house hacking at the time, but it was, you know, buy a multifamily, yeah. duplex, triplex, quadruplex, live in one, we're not the, we're not the other. And we are approved oh, okay. for, you know, a VA loan. And that's what we...
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So did you um, wear different clothes and act like you were the property manager when you had a tenant that was like, my plumbing isn't working or whatever. And you're like, ah, plumber, ma'am, I'm here. <laughs> like,
3: so I'm on, the con- that on
2: the contrary, we pretended we were tenants too. Oh, you did? We had property management for our... Tenants. We didn't want them coming to us. My husband was law enforcement, right? Yeah. For our safety. He didn't yeah. want the tenants knowing that we owned the property. So we pretended to be pro- to pretend to be tenants just like they were.
1: So you hired a property management company to manage the place that you were living in. Yes. That's interesting.
2: Just because we wanted to be a little bit more passive. Did it
1: work? It did.
2: They helped us negotiate cash for keys. They helped us negotiate when the tenants were being unreasonable. We didn't know what we were doing. You know, I can sell a house all day long, but I don't know how to deal with tenants. I'm too nice. I don't want to be the bad guy. I don't want to raise rents. I didn't want to tell them, hey, you got to go or, you know, we're not renewing your lease. So they did that for me. And I was able to feel a little more safe knowing that my tenants didn't know that I'm the one that is hiking up their rent, right? (laughs) So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And just, it, it helped it make more sense for us and feel more safe. How has,
1: uh, Bigger pockets change your life.
2: Oh, it has changed my life. That's just that's just it. I think investing can be a very lonely journey, right? And I really strive with that with my team and the people that we help. Families going to think you're crazy. Friends are going to wonder why are you doing this? Buy the 1.2 million dollar single family home. Why are you buying the multifamily? But I think bigger pockets has provided the community that are like minded people, where you see, hey, normal people invest. Normal people take action. You don't have to be a millionaire. You don't have to have a trust fund. You can use what you have and start building wealth today. You can break the cycle today of the W 2 retire at 60. You know, that's we're the first people in our family to invest. And oh, so, really? bigger pockets kind of became our friends and family because yeah. we had no one else to really go to to talk about this with. So, once I met David, I felt like it really aligned with what I'd already been so excited and passionate about. I just didn't really have a vehicle to find other buyers that I could help achieve what I've been able to achieve.
1: Looking one year out, yeah. what are you going to look back on one year from now and be happy with if you accomplish between now and then?
2: That's a good one because I feel like our vision is always evolving. I mean, what's really cool this year, I have four agents with me. My first bigger pockets conference just me and one other agent. Now I've yep. got four of my agents with me and that's not even our whole team. Um, I love seeing their growth. I love seeing them invest. I want them to have their own teams, have their own successful businesses and change in their lives too. So kind of paying it forward. And I'd love to grow our portfolio. If we have another two or three properties, I'd be happy with that. We've got five now. Um, I want to get into self-source. It's kind of like another asset class I'd be uh, interested in. But I think just growing our portfolio properties, watching my agents and our businesses grow and watching them invest, I think that I'd be... If I came back here and that was... The result next year, I'll yeah. be I'll be really proud. So,
1: looking at your business as it sits right now, yeah. you it seems like you're excited about exploring self storage, and is that kind of maybe something that's going to move the needle for you and your growth over the next year, five years, ten years? I think so.
2: We can start to put things into place about how we can make that happen. I think we're a bit far out from that, but that's like the long term goal. Yeah, I've been always interested in the asset class, but I think getting our short term rentals up, you know, more of them up and running, being successful, and. Um, yeah, I think that's just kind of where we're where we're headed right now.
1: All right, last question for you. What do you think makes a successful partnership? You have a partnership with, um, you know, a fairly visible figure in the real estate space, but you've done obviously some things that have put yourself in that position to partner with someone like that. So how do you go about making a good decision about who is going to be your marital partner in business?
2: This is really good. This is why David and I had conversations for weeks before we made this official. Um, we had several calls together. We both have very similar values and morals. I think, you know, he he trusts me, I trust him, but it took a little bit to develop that trust. But once it clicked, it clicked. You know, you're like, okay, hey, I, I trust this person. Um, I know that I I felt comfortable going to him if I have problems. He I felt comfortable having him hold me accountable and I felt comfortable challenging him in return. So we both are, we have one common goal, same values, trust, and I think just, I know that he has succeeded in areas that I need growth, right? So we talk about partnerships a lot where they have to have complementary skill sets. Mm-hmm. I think in business, you have to know, like, I had to know as a partner coming in, I had to be held accountable, I had to be coachable. He, we also have to grow to together like he has to grow and I have to grow to match him. So he challenges me to keep on growing. And I think I challenge him to also keep on growing so that the people that are working with us can also grow.
1: An, it's an interesting dynamic when you have a business partner because you have an inherent a- accountability partner as well because you both have to succeed for the business to move forward.
2: Especially for him. I have his rep- I have not my reputation, but his reputation too. Yeah. On the line. Right. So when people come to me, they expect David. I had to be comfortable and confident to hold up to that standard and that reputation yeah. and make sure that I serve people the way that he expects and that the way that these clients deserve. So a lot there.
1: So you had a lot of conversations upfront about where you see yourself and what you expect out of a partner. Yeah. And that was a roadmap to basically a successful partnership. Eventually I think maybe, would you agree that a lot of people starting out tend to skip over the getting to know you step, uh, like maybe to the extent that they should, on values and how you see the world and what your expectations out of someone that you're trusting?
2: I or think they're they... afraid to ask hard questions. Yeah. They're afraid to ask, are you going to stick this out and things get tough? How do you react to challenges? Do you prefer chaos or do you prefer structure? Can you manage in chaos? What do you do when you're confronted with something? Can I hold you accountable? You know, are you going to be offended if I point something out that I think needs to be fixed? People are afraid to ask these questions because they just want the, the partnership to work. They want the deal to work. You know, I, we both had to be careful. I Probably me more so. But it's like just because it's David Green, is he actually the best partner for me to get in business with? But we just re- really it clicked, you know, but we were not afraid to ask the hard questions. He wasn't afraid to ask me. I did not get offended or... Put, you know, taken back by him asking the, the hard questions. I appreciated it because we're able to hash out things right away and make sure we're on the same page and that developed trust, credibility. And I think that's why even just you know a few months, in, a year, and a few months into this thing, we've done so well. And we're I really feel like we're just getting started.
1: I love it. What's next for you guys? Are you going to expand throughout the rest of the state of California, or is we're it? kind
2: of already there? Yeah. So we're. Yeah, we just hired more agents. So like my first generation agents now need support. So we're hiring like showing agents and junior agents for them, which has been really cool. And then we're looking to maybe get into other markets. We're looking for expansion partners. So areas that maybe people in California want to invest in, we want to make sure that we can refer them a David Green team. Certified, if you would, kind of agent that's going to handle the deal the way we expect it to.
1: If we have listeners that happen to be tuning into this, and you are looking for anything in particular in your yeah. business right now, what might that look like, and how could they potentially help you?
2: Yeah, so we're looking for so like for people who are real estate agents.
1: Sure, any anything that might move the needle for you in your businesses.
2: Well, I think if they're an investor, just know that we're we're agent we're investors first, right? I'm an investor first turned real estate agent, so. You know, reach out to us if they're looking for something residential, one one to four units. I mean, we we get it, right? Um, I take the fiduciary responsibility really seriously. I I tell clients, I'm not going to encourage you to buy something I wouldn't buy myself. So I think if an investor is struggling trying to find an agent that gets it, reach out to us. I'd love to help them. Um, If they're an agent and they want to be part of a team that's going to hold them accountable, going to give them a blueprint on how to create a successful business, and they are willing to put the work in, we're looking to, to potentially bring them on.
1: Oh, I love it. This has been a pleasure. Thank you for joining yeah, us today, Lindsay. Me. All right. Uh, tune in. What's the best way to reach you?
2: I'm on Instagram. So if you follow me, what's your handle? Lindsay Iskerka Realtor. Take
1: Boom. Iscarca. There it is. Lindsay
2: Iskerka. Lindsay,
1: Lindsay Iskerka. A pleasure. Part of the team that's uh, taking over California. We love We're it.
2: We're trying. <laughs> Thank thanks trying again.
1: Me. Yeah. Brandon Just, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Yes, sir. How are so you? Doing well. Yeah? Just enjoying the conference. Launching a podcast I hear or Yes. Known. Very it's soon. We okay. should
0: be hopefully in the next 30 days. Awesome. Do yeah. you have a
1: name picked out yet? Uh, we'll, we we'll, not, we're going to do a little pre-marketing here yes, for you. We'll tease no, it. No. Okay. Can we <laughs>
0: ask people for suggestions? Sure, okay. You know, we're wondering, you know, somebody's Googling us. Should we have the word investor? Should we have the word Oklahoma in it?
1: Not really sure. So. Uh, hey, it's a mystery. Yeah, viewers, let's let us know what you got. Okay, so we yeah. need some suggestions here. Hard hitting podcast name to generate some likes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, what do you do in Oklahoma? Uh, realtor. Okay. Investor.
0: Um, do flips. Um, fix and holds. A little bit, and then after the conference, starting to look into some medium-term rentals. Oh, okay. You got me excited. You got the bug, huh? Absolutely.
1: Okay, medium-term rentals. Yeah, that's a that's a. uh, Would you? How would you describe medium-term rentals? What does that mean to you? So
0: anybody that's gonna stay Airbnb, for example, 30 plus days. Okay. I love it for multiple reasons. One, it keeps your vacancies a little bit low, and then two, you kind of get around some laws. For if you're 30 plus days, you don't have to have any special permits for anything that's under 30 days, like a short-term rental can run into.
1: And you wouldn't have to pay the hotel tax if the city might have that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So just a lot of benefits, keeping your vacancies low and keeping your
1: occupancy high and cash flow much more higher than you would on a long-term rental. Beautiful. Love it. Now, have you been to one of these before? It's actually first time. First time. Okay. What do you think?
0: Uh, absolutely love it, and I'll be back next year. So, Have they
1: picked a location, do you know? I've I'm, I'm yeah. been listening to the rumor mill, and I haven't heard yet. Do you know where it is? I do not know, but it's tough to beat San Diego. It so. is pretty nice yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, what are you excited about in your business right now? Um, taking the knowledge. I never expect to be
0: the smartest person in the room. So taking other people's knowledge that are smarter than me and then applying it to my business plan, especially now that we're in business plan season, and taking that into the next year uh, just to kind of accelerate the business. So came in with a certain focus, and now that focus is a little bit more high-end coming into this next year.
1: I love it. Well, yeah. we're the only two people in this room, so you are the official smartest person in the room, so that's good news. Baby no, steps. That's not good news. Uh, no, that's <laughs> yeah. great. So, uh, Brandon Just, pleasure having you on, man. That's good great. luck with Thank the medium-term rental and yeah. the pivot in the business. So yeah. thanks for uh, thanks for being on. All right, we're standing here with River Sava, in town from...
4: Boston, Massachusetts.
1: Boston. Boston. You don't have any of the pack, the car?
4: Well, I'm originally from Alabama.
1: Okay. Are you a Red Sox fan, though?
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah.
1: Finally, Red Sox. Yankees suck. I like Aaron Judge, but... Okay, right. so you are in town for your. How many BP cons have you been to? Now? It's my
4: first one. First one. First what do you one. Think? I love it. Yeah.
1: Have yeah. you been to San Diego before?
4: I have. I yeah. have. My cousin lives out here. Oh, um,
1: handy. Are you crashing?
4: My best friend just moved out here, so we're more for that. But Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, that is a long flight, I would imagine.
4: Long all. flight. I actually came from Virginia. Okay. Yeah. So okay. my accent is gone because I'm from all over the. Place.
1: Yeah, you're kind of vanilla.
4: Um, yeah, that's. The I've Midwest. been described as that before. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So River, what uh, what brings you to the conference? What are you into in real estate?
4: I'm a private lender okay. working for Easy Street Capital, an originator. Uh, we do DSCR loans, bridge loans. All of that stuff, so no, that's why we're here.
1: So, if somebody, let's say, is a fix and flipper. Do you yep. those type? Do you do those Absolutely, type of loans? Yeah.
4: Okay. So we do bridge loans for that, rehab loans. Yep. Um, we have a hard money team for that. I'm on the private side of things, but they can cash out with us. It's all under one house, makes it super easy and streamlined.
1: Okay, so you, I'm guessing here, you have people that you take money from and give them a return, yep. and then you lend that out and get a better return for your company. So you kind of do both both, exactly. both sides? Yeah. yeah. So
4: we do have like the hard money, like uh-huh. what you think. And then um, DSCR, we just bring that money right back to you.
1: Can you describe what a DSCR loan is for those that maybe wouldn't know?
4: Yeah. So it's a higher rate, um, but it's quicker. We close faster and you're going to get a lot more cash flow out of that than um, a conventional loan.
1: You have worked for the lending business for how long now?
4: Uh, maybe six months.
1: Six months? Yeah, okay. So What'd you do before that?
4: Very new. Um, I'm just out of school, and I'm actually looking to go to law school, but oh, wow. it never hurts to learn about investing. She's
1: not an attorney yet, but not, she plays m- one on TV.
4: Not yet. Yeah, right? Um, yeah. So I kind of jumped into real estate because my family's in it. They're more in commercial, um, but I want to start investing soon, and there was a great opportunity with this company. so. I'm just kind of all hands on yeah, deck right learn, now. Yeah,
1: learning the ropes on the exactly. lending side. So when you're when you're buying your first property, what is that going to look like?
4: Uh, probably a duplex, maybe okay. a triplex. Um, seeing a lot of cash flow with that. Carolina's most likely Myrtle Beach. A lot of kids go out there right now. Not that of, I would know. But probably a
1: lot of uh, bargains in Myrtle Beach right about now.
4: Absolutely. So that's where we've seen a lot of money coming
1: from. Okay. So we have River, who is going to be a storm chaser to buy her first uh, hurricane property. Yeah, I know. And Myrtle Beach, and take advantage of that. That's awesome. Well, listen, hey, we'll let you get back to it. Great meeting you. Thanks for coming on our show. Thank you very much. Oh,
4: thank
1: you very much. Thank you. They taught
4: us that in Catholic
1: school, too. Uh Room for Jesus. All right, we're standing here live with Margaret Perry and Lindsay Rojas, hailing from Texas. What part of Texas are you from?
3: Deep East Texas.
1: Deep East. Marshall, Texas. Marshall, okay. All right, we are Marshall. No, that's different. Um, So BPCon, you guys have been here a couple times now. New Orleans last year, now in San Diego. Uh, What brings you to BPCon? What are you hoping to accomplish with this uh, conference?
5: Well, last year I had like a six-month conference high. So I was hoping to get that six-month conference high again. And then also um, definitely networking. How's that going? It's going well so far. I've met some really cool people. Made some good connections. Okay,
1: here's a question for you. When okay. you're adding, when you're going to a conference like this, which has I think roughly about 2,000 people attending it, it can be overwhelming, right? Yes, There's a ton of people here that are all interested in real estate in some facet, right? What's your best tip for someone that maybe is a little introvert or they don't know how to approach networking in general at an event like this? Any yes. any uh, tips and tricks you can share?
5: Yes, I would say prepare. Uh, just a couple of questions. Like if you'll ask someone a question, usually that will engage them because we want to answer questions for other people. So if you can just think of a question to start a conversation,
3: then I think that helps a lot.
1: Okay, that's yeah. awesome. What about you? Any uh, any good tips on that? Uh,
3: generally, I would say like everyone has been super friendly and very talkative. So if you can just get that one icebreaker, even something that's like, where are you from? Or what or, do you do?
1: I have one for you. Here, This is a good icebreaker. Okay. What is the most bizarre or coolest thing you have ever found in a property since you've been doing this?
3: Are you asking us that in earnest? Yes. I know what I would say. I don't, I mean, I haven't seen a lot, but I would say there's like this really heavy metal safe on the third floor of this historic building in our town. And I'm like, I wanted to buy it just to get into that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so you know it's a mystery. You have yes. no idea what's in there. I have no idea what's okay. in there, but it's yeah. like
3: super heavy. It's like super
5: huge. I could fit didn't in it. I not even know. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they could never get it open. I'm so who thinking, knows? Yeah,
1: get out a just chop Get a saw and, Yeah, there yeah get a
5: welder in there and open that up, you know? Awesome.
1: Uh, now, what, so you two are friends and business partners, correct? Yeah. And uh, what type of investing do you do?
5: Uh, primarily buy and hold. That's Mm -hmm. our goal. We just did a fix and flip and that got, that went well. And, uh, we just did that because the market seemed hot for it in our area. Lots of people moving to Texas, um, but primarily to hold. So we just had like a six unit that we did a total gut job on. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Good. And um, it should be totally finished like next week. So Now, is that
1: a buy and hold or are you flipping that as well?
5: No buy and hold. Okay.
1: So yes. your uh, your portfolio, is it mostly single family, multifamily, a mix of both?
5: A mix. Mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And any goal, any big, hairy, audacious goals out there that you're uh, hoping to knock out by this time next year?
5: Ooh, that's a good question. So... Do you want to take it? On
1: BPCon like, 23, when we yeah, interview yeah. you again, what have you accomplished looking back over the, the last year?
3: Uh, well, personally, one goal I have, well, I don't know about next year, but I would love to invest internationally. But personally, something I think we can tackle together, there is a property, I, I've been talking to you about it, there, it just has a lot of potential to be mixed use, like I was telling you, or just residential, but it'd be kind of multifamily. So I think it is possible to at least have obtained it and started on it Mm -hmm. if we can get the funding for it by next year. Okay. So one of my goals,
5: and I watched a YouTube video sometime back uh, that Brandon Turner did, and it was just talking about like doubling your portfolio each year. So I started with a duplex, you know, so just doing that each time. And so next year, I would just like to you know double my portfolio. Yeah, so that's a that's This is an awesome only my goal. second year, so right, I like that goal. Yes. It is a
1: good goal. Yes. What's your best method for uh, finding properties that you feel fit your your criteria?
5: Honestly, driving for dollars. Okay. Because uh, we look for value-add properties, so looking for vacant properties, mm-hmm. looking on the tax appraiser district to see, you know, who owns it, find them, ask them if they'd like to sell. We like to f- find them off-market if we can.
1: I have a question for you. I just thought of this. So Texas, I believe, is a non-disclosure state. Is that correct? Uh, meaning they don't have records accessible by the public for how much a property sold for and those kind of things. Is that true or might, did I make that up?
3: That might be true because you can't, or maybe I haven't looked in the right places, but it's not on the county appraisal district, how much it last sold for. And also like on Zillow and Realtor, yeah. you only see how much it was listed for. I don't, you have to ask a Realtor to find out.
1: They hold um, the key the they hold the keys to the yeah, data. Yeah. and huh? I guess
3: that's what we usually do. We usually ask a realtor friend. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, so you drive, you build your list, and you say, okay, that looks like a good property one we might be interested in value add component to it. How do you go about contacting an owner that uh, that's on your list?
5: So um, it can get complicated. Yeah. It can like <laughs> skip trace them. You just go in and Honestly, look in the
1: in their windows? Well,
5: in our local area, I just look on Facebook first, okay, and then I see if if I can find them. I see if I know someone that already knows them. Ooh, that's smart, and then ask for that connection.
1: Okay, so you kind of do the six degrees of Kevin Bacon in yes. order to find out who yes. the owner is. Very smart. Yes. Okay, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, thanks again for joining us. We R- really Thank appreciate you it. Thanks
3: for having us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, listeners, we're wrapping up another episode of RIA Radio. As usual, you've been listening to Ted Kosh, Dennis Bertrand, and Owen Dashner. If you like what you've heard today or love it, please give us a five star review on your favorite podcast channel. Always appreciated when we have Apple podcast reviews, and we will give you a shout out on the radio. Hope you love the upcoming BP Con shorts with some ballers and some newbies from the conference so stay tuned hope you love them and we'll see you on the next episode